Welcome to episode 311 of Destination Linux. This show is a video podcast from the Tux Digital Network. And if you're new to Destination Linux, this is a podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Michael. My name is Ryan. And I'm Joe. And on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to be giving an update on our Steam Decks experience. Do we still use them? How good are they really? And what we hope to see next in the future for the next iteration of the Steam Deck. Then we have some next-gen news from the Linux Foundation you might find intriguing. Plus, we have our tips, tricks, software picks, all this and so much more coming up right now on Destination Linux. This week's feedback comes from Chris, and if you want to send in your own feedback, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash contact to get in touch and send us an email or join us on our forum. We are also on Discord, so if you want to hang out, game with the community, chat about Linux, do it live. Tuxdigital.com slash Discord is a cool place to hang out. Chris goes on to say, I have a question that I think would make excellent content. So I was looking to improve my reading speed. I'd heard of proprietary apps such as Spreeder, so naturally, I went, consulted Alternative 2 for a list of alternative applications. I filtered the results for open source apps, and I was pleased to find four, including a Firefox extension. Sadly, all four of these projects are no longer being developed. I was pretty disappointed. I wanted to bring attention to this as it seems there are a few speed readers for Linux. Maybe this would pique developers' interest. Do any of you on DL know of any alternatives? You guys are the best hosts, and I love the show. Now, that Aww. is a proper way to end an email there. That is Chris. a fantastic yeah. way of ending. Yeah. So on the speed reader discussion, it's kind of interesting because when I got the comment, I started thinking back and remembering having one of these extensions. I also remember mm -hmm. thinking about this technology. It was like eight or nine years ago. I was thinking about this technology, how mm -hmm. cool it was, because I remember like having a web page, and they were showing doing the speed reading and it just uses certain portions of a word because your brain fills in the rest. You guys have seen right. those kind of like games and stuff that do that and allows you to get through a whole article really, really quick. It was a really interesting concept, but it kind of died. Like I haven't heard about it for a really long time. And it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting that Chris found out that, you know, a lot of these apps are no longer being actively developed. When I say died, by the way, I don't mean there's not a community of people that use this. I mean, in my world, it died. I hadn't heard about it. Was it in use or something yeah. people were talking about anymore? Yeah, same. Whereas when it first came out, it was like a really popular thing that oh, people yeah. were always discussing. There was people talking about it on YouTube and talking about it in podcasts and like, what's the best way to do this? And I, I played with them a little bit, but I've never really like put in a lot of effort into testing all these different types of speed reader things. So I never even looked to see if there were any options. Uh, but Jill, you you've seen, you've yeah. used one in the past or at least know of one, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the speed reading app that I've actually used in the past on Linux is actually a terminal-based one called SpeedRead. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that one actually hasn't been updated in a while since March 2021. Mm -hmm. But it, it still runs very, very well. And I knew about it because a student a, a student um, had needed a speed reader for Linux. So that's how, how I found about it. Because otherwise, I can't use them because the the words go by too quick. Because I'm mm. I I only see out of one eye, so I can't keep right. up. Well, but I love the concept. I wish I I could do this. <laughs> it is a really good concept, but I don't know yeah. about you. What I find difficult in any type of speed reading because there's a million types of speed reading. You don't even have to use an yeah. application. There are people who just 
practice being able to get through pages and hit the core pieces really fast. And I kind of get that from a studying standpoint, perhaps. But if you're like reading a book or something, to me, that kind of takes away from the dynamic or it also kind of works counterintuitively to really understanding what you're reading. So there was a lot of research that was actually done on the speed reading and they kind of have broken down in a lot of their research, how many words per minute you can actually read while still comprehending what you're actually reading. And so I I think a lot of these, if I recall, had adjustments so that you could change how fast they were going and things like that. So it's an interesting thing. Um, There's a couple options for you out there. Speed read, Jill mentioned, and Uniread are the highest rated, but neither of those are being actively developed. There's Spritz It, uh, Gutenflash, Grits, and Spray are all uh, lists as well that were available at least at some point in the Linux world and ranked pretty high. But most of them actually, when I mentioned eight years ago or so, have not been updated since that time. So like you said, Chris, maybe there's a developer out there interested in bringing this uh, kind of back or updating one of these, or maybe the apps just work good enough as they are. So check out those ones we recommended there and see if they'll work for you. Um, And let us know what you're speed reading. I'm curious if you're doing like books or are you doing information that you want to learn or maybe just websites or you're using it for terminal stuff. That would be interesting to me. So write us back and let us know about that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. You know what's even better than speed reading, Ryan? What's that, Michael? Setting up a server with massive speed. And you can do that with Linode. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com slash tux. That's linode.com slash T-U-X and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. Linode provides solutions and services to accelerate innovation. You can build everything yourself or you can use a one-click app system from the plethora of options that they have in the Linode app marketplace to deploy everything from Plesk and WordPress to Valheim and Minecraft servers. Linode even has VPN-friendly virtual servers so you can create secure connections over the internet, protecting you on public Wi-Fis and keeping your data private and guarding you from malware and attacks from hackers. And if that wasn't enough, every plan that you get with Linode has amazing customer support, human-powered customer support, in fact. That's right. If you need help, someone will pick up the phone, respond to your email, or reply to you on social media 24-7-365. So visit linode.com tux to create a free account. Plus, when you use that URL, you will let them know that we sent you. So, of course, that's good for us, but you'll also get a 60-day $100 free credit when you sign up at t- linode.com tux. So that's like a win-win, I say. So again, go get started at Linode's awesome cloud platform by going to linode.com tux. One of the most exciting things that happened last year we talked about in the Linux community was the Steam Deck. And in fact, all of us, the moment this was announced, went out and pre-ordered the Steam Deck. And I mean, we were like battling in Discord and stuff with each oh, other yeah. about who was going to get their <laughs> Steam Deck <laughs> in first and who got their order. And then if somebody got theirs in and the site was still down because the entire internet was trying to order one and crashed the website, we are all mad. We, there was a lot of hype for this device. Yes. And a lot of times when there's a lot of hype for a device, it kind of falls flat. The device never lives up to the hype that's out there right. about the device. So what I thought would be cool is to bring all of us back together. Now that we've had this device for some time, the whole euphoria of, ah, ha, ha, I've got a Steam Deck and you don't has wore off, which that was fun to do to Michael because yeah. his took the longest <laughs> to get here. Yes. Uh, but that's wore off now. There's no more fun making fun of Michael because he has his Steam Deck. I and have really, one. Yay. 
like, is this thing worth it? Is it still worth all of the hype out there? And what are some things that you're doing with it? And are you really getting your money's worth from this portable gaming Linux machine? And here's the thing. We're always honest, but I want you to be really brutally honest here and be like, hey, is this something you're using regularly? Is it something you really like, but you haven't touched it in a while? Let's let's give the truth here. I want the truth. You can't <laughs> handle the truth. Sounds good, Ryan. <laughs> so Jill, I had to do let's that. let's start with you. What do you think? Is has the Steam Deck lived up to the hype and how are you enjoying it? Absolutely. The Steam Deck honestly has changed the very fabric of the gaming industry to support it out of the box. Thanks to Gabe Newell. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Gaben. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> yeah. And now Linux and Proton are a gaming first platform. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. We have our penguins on gaming. So so that's something very important about the Steam Deck. It really has revolutionized the industry. I do actually love that every time I turn on my uh, Steam Deck, there seems to be a software update and new games available. And in fact, when I turned it on this morning, I had to run an update before we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. great. Well, this is an interesting <laughs> point you make here because when you look at a new device like this, it would be very, and we see this all the time, and I mean all the time, where a device is popular, people buy it, and then the manufacturer doesn't support it anymore. They don't really do right. anything. Like, it's popular, yeah. they sold it, why spend more money on it? You may get, in version two, you may get some updates, but as far as the version that's out there, they leave it alone. But Valve clearly didn't do that. Valve clearly was like, hey, we're going to get this Steam Deck out there, it was very popular. And you're right, they're updating this thing constantly. They're updating yeah. the Steam Deck more than I ever got updates for my phone <laughs> that had know, real security holes and problems I needed oh, fixed. Yeah. Steam Deck's way ahead of them uh, all the way around. Maybe they should release a phone, Steam Deck yeah. phone. Sometimes Steam there's phone. been three updates in one day and sometimes yeah. more. It's, it's yep. pretty That's amazing. crazy. It's funny because I never really see the updates that much, not because they're not doing them. It's just because most of the time when I'm using my Steam Deck, it's offline, like on a, yeah. on a flight or something like that. Yeah, so that makes the, sense. I recently mm -hmm. did an update and it said you have like 40 or 50 different updates to go through. I'm like, oh, cool. That's, that's nice. But it also did it very fast. It wasn't yeah. like uh, it, yeah. it didn't have to go through this huge process over and over and over. It did it very fast. Yeah. And something that uh, Alex says in chat, he says, I can sit in bed with blankets and be cozy in game. Yes, so true, Alex. And I love sitting on the couch and installing and playing games on it that I might have not ever discovered because of the convenience of it. Yeah. So there, there is definitely that. I'm playing a lot more games casually that I wouldn't have bothered to download before. And Jill gets homework every week. For those who don't yeah. know, I write the show and I pick <laughs> gaming section, what game Jill gets to look at. And so Jill has to go and play those games. And Jill, you use your Steam Deck a lot of times to test that, which I love Absolutely. because we know it works in Linux. We can actually give you real-time feedback on how good the game is or is not. And Jill, of course, being that you were a professor working in animation <laughs> and things, has an amazing take on gaming that you're not going to get anywhere else. But I love that you use your Steam Deck for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for testing games each week on Destination Linux. And I usually use it regularly during the week to play Trackmania Stadium 2 on and the new Trackmania. So that's been really fun. And, you know, I use it as actually as a docked gaming computer and as a productivity machine to do show notes on. Uh, like my show notes today, I did them on the Steam Deck and I've done nice. that many times. Nice. Yeah. 
this is a big deal for this because there's a lot of people in the Lynx community that either don't have time to game anymore. Maybe they gamed at some point. Yeah. Now they want a game, but their time is very limited or they want this portable machine more for just the desktop mode. And the fact that you can do both, like you mm -hmm. go get a Nintendo switch, you don't have a computer at the end of the day. Exactly. But right. if you get a steam deck, you have a gaming machine and a computer, which, and it's really also a, a pretty powerful computer at that. It's not like it's, you know, yeah. minimized or anything. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a very, it's not a limited machine. It's, it's it, in order to play these games, it has to be pretty beefy. So if you wanted to dock it and use it as a computer, you totally could do that. Yeah, and it even supports 4K monitors. And it uses Arch. Arch. <laughs> yeah. Arch. What was that? What was that, Ryan? Arch. Oh, Arch. okay. I didn't hear that the yeah. first 400 Arch. times. You all were wondering. <laughs> I right. actually have a two-powered docks because it, because it's so convenient as a personal computer. That's cool. So you have it for different areas of the house. Yeah. You can just dock oh, it wherever okay. you're at. That's I cool. like that. That's dope. That's cool. All right, Michael. Now you have to live up to Jill's story here and tell us, like, hey, Steam Deck been worth it? Has it been sitting there more than it's been played? What are your thoughts on it? I'm going to go ahead and just let everyone know and warn them that it's not going to live up to Jill's. So, but yeah. but I'm <laughs> but I have been playing on the Steam Deck a lot, not as much as Jill. Uh, my main game is not really great for the Steam Deck. It works on the Steam Deck just fine, but when you are a high tier player, it the Steam Deck is kind of cumbersome that for this particular brag. game. Okay. No, 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 no. It's I'm just explaining why it's a problem to do it and also how amazing I am at the game. So this game is Rocket League, <laughs> yes. by the way. Uh, and I happen to be a champ in the game, so I'm just just saying. Uh, but there's... Well, when there's, your average player base is five years old, I don't know that those are really bragging rights. Th that is not continue. true. The average player base is more like 14 or 15 or something like that. <laughs> You're stomping them. No, the whole point is, is that most of them are better than me because they have better reflexes than I do. <laughs> they don't have weak thumbs. They don't Aww, have weak thumbs. That, that too, yeah, that too. Yeah. They're young, a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> but the other part is that I've used it quite a lot and even more so recently. So I, we've talked about the, the fact that we use it on flights when we're going to scale, but I've also been traveling a lot more and I've been using it uh, quite a lot. And when I went to the Ubuntu Summit, which was a like a 10-hour flight or on just on one process of it, there was multiple connections and whatever, but like just one of those flights was like 10 hours. So the fact that I had the Steam Deck with me was so nice because I could I could watch stuff in it because you also can play videos and stuff in there, but also I can play whatever games I want. Now, the only issue is that I, of course, had to download them prior, but you know, that's if you're prepared to do that, it's a fantastic thing to take on a flight. Uh -huh. I also uh, recently had a friend who was interested in, in trying out some gaming but never heard of the Steam Deck. So I brought the Steam Deck over and they played it and was like having so much fun with it and super impressed by how much you could, how many games you could play and that you didn't, you if you had Steam that you automatically had all the games you already had. So that was like mind blowing to them. So this is a, a great example of being able to introduce a product to someone where they're already seeing the benefits automatically without even you having to tell them. That's mm -hmm. one of the things I think that made the Steam Deck live up to its hype. Like it has a, had a lot of hype. And when I was, and I was, I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not, we don't think we talked about it on the show, but when everybody was talking about how the, it was like a year later when the, when the, the Steam Deck came out to everybody. And Again, I was waiting longer than everyone. And at one point, I was like, I don't care anymore. I don't want to look at Steam Deck stuff because I'm still going to be waiting and it's not that going to be that good or whatever. And I was kind of like, 
preemptively disappointed. And then when it finally arrived, I realized I was wrong and it is fantastic. And then I started watching stuff again. So like, that's one of the things about, I, I very rarely do I have a product that I'm super hyped about. And when I get it, it lives up to the hype. And I do think the Steam Deck does. Now, another thing that I wanted to tell you about that blew my mind. Now, this is not going to be available to everyone, but if you are a person who purchased a PinePhone convergence dock, it will work with the Steam Deck. And wow. that's crazy. That's cool. yeah. right? That's so, awesome. <laughs> so M Matt from Linux Out Loud, I sent a message to you and you and Matt, uh, Ryan and Matt about getting a dock. And he said, well, the convergence dock already works. Like, What? Okay, so I went and t hooked it up, and it totally does work. Like so, that that blew my mind. And also, I have a controller that has Bluetooth connection, so I just connected it to the Steam Deck, and I'm good to go. And I didn't have to get another dock. I still might because I think that this one is not really like it's not powerful enough. But just the fact that you can do it is yeah. very cool. Yeah, that's very awesome. You know what frustrates me is that the Steam Deck is not in electronic stores. Why is the Steam Deck yeah. not in yeah. Best Buy, not in Walmarts and Targets and other places, but yet the stupid Logitech G Cloud, which we talked about on Hardware Addicts, is like that's all over Best Buys and stuff. The, the thing nobody wants. Oh, but yeah. the thing that I think would be amazing is to have a display set up in the Steam Deck. I think they would sell because you mentioned that person that you took the Steam Deck to. They weren't familiar with it. They hadn't heard of it. Obviously, don't know what runs Linux and all that stuff, but had a blast with it. I feel like if people I could get their hands on this, it, by the way, yeah, eventually. But I'm saying they didn't know at the beginning, right? But right. The, the key is like if people could get their hands on this, this is like what we want people to experience, and then tell them, oh, by the way, that's Linux versus Android, which is kind of embarrassing to say. There's a Linux kernel under there, uh, in my opinion, anyways. So, uh, but the Steam Deck would be like, hey, it's in its arch. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it is ready now. I think initially, you know, I know, I, I I know that Valve wants to do that eventually, but they've been very, very careful in making sure that the the software, um, all there's, all the updates are are great on it, and um, that there's features that users want before they spread it to the world. Yeah, like they're the being cautious. Stage. I think that's yeah. a very good way to do it. I mean, the year delay of when they announced it to when we get it, I wasn't a fan of that. But after that, they started <laughs> improving the amount of time it takes once you order it. And now I think yeah. they're at like a week or so. Yeah. So that, that's mm -hmm. a ma massive improvement. And anytime someone was like, well, I, got, I might have to wait another six months. And then I, I was talking to them because they canceled their pre-order. And then they're like, because they wanted to, you know, see the reviews first. And then now that they can, they, the reviews are all out and everything, they could get it pretty quick and not have to worry about, you know, how long it takes. And that, that shows that Valve is putting in the effort to constantly test and make improvements. And with something like this, you wouldn't really expect these kinds of improvements to be so frequent and so extensive because they're even like doing redesigns of the interface in certain cases and stuff. So, oh, yeah, I feel like I stumbled mm -hmm. upon the perfect product if Gabe listens to this that we need a steam phone with this integrated yes. into it oh wow like, yeah. I would this love this would phone. be amazing wouldn't yeah. it like I just I, <laughs> that just popped out as a random thing and now I'm like I want this I want a steam phone it would be amazing that you could game on like this um some of the enhancements agreed. we talked about they've been updating this constantly we had a big update just recently on February 1st further optimizations to load times 
pinning, being able to pin notifications, various fixes to make the UI scale better and higher resolutions, fixed a bunch of bugs, better support for PS4 mode and different game pads, uh, specific Xbox Elite layout preview pages, Switch Pro layout preview pages, support for Thrustmaster Pro controllers for Xbox. Like, and the list just goes mm -hmm. on and on and on. Like it, these aren't just like little minor tweaks and changes. Like these are huge updates. And then the amount of games that it supports keeps growing and growing with every release. But here's something that's really cool. There's also rumors that a Steam Deck 2 is already in the works. Oh, yes. So now I don't want you to be sitting here listening to this going, I'm not going to order a Steam Deck because I'm going to wait to see a Steam Deck 2 because we have no idea when this will come out. This could be like a year from now. Or it could whatever. be like Half-Life 3 and never. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. But they are. They, they did say these aren't just rumors. I mean, Valve has said they are working on building a Steam Deck 2, but that's like saying PS or Sony is working on a PS6. Like, of course they are, but when is it going to come? We don't know right. yet. We have to wait till we get closer to there. But Gabe Newell did share that the Steam Deck's currently most popular SKU is the most expensive one. So the one that Michael got, which I think is really interesting because yeah. Usually that's for not me, the case. it was kind of a risky thing because I didn't know how much I was going to use a portable gaming machine. So I went in the middle because I knew we'd be bringing it to scale and other things. But I went with the middle one. Yeah, but it's this is very unique for a product, Michael, Like that, that people would buy the most expensive one over all the others. That yeah, was that's really rare. It's very rare. And in terms of like the putting on my marketing hat and the sales hat or whatever, this is a unheard of thing. It's usually yeah. a middle tier that has the most uh, popular skew, skew, skew situation because they want to get most the most bang for the buck sort of thing. And I do think that the most expensive version of the Steam Deck is worth it but it also isn't necessary. So if you've got the middle tier, you have plenty of value in it. I got the, the most expensive version just because I wanted a better one than Ryan had. But also, <laughs> the extra storage is nice too. Yeah, well, you can upgrade the other ones too. So this is another thing I want. We talked about this back when this was coming out, but like Alex in our patron chat is talking about how he upgraded his own NVMe on it. So yeah, they allow you nice. to do your own upgrades if you want on this device, which well, is mean, something that, we that, see very often in tech anymore, right? That's Absolutely. true. However, there is a very important caveat to say there are certain things you can do to upgrade the Steam Deck. Some of it requires you to take it apart. So to change the NVMe, you will need to take it apart. There is a SD card slot where you can have extra storage that way without having to take it apart. So in yeah. <laughs> you could still get extra even on the other tiers. I did the I wasn't really sure how what the the configuration was because at the time when they released these things, they didn't give us a ton of information about the Steam Deck because they were still working on what it was going to final like the final version was going to look like. And personally, I was just said, well, I might as well go ahead and get this one too. No, you literally said I want one that's better than whatever you get. You literally well, said okay, that. Okay, okay. So here's here's my thought process at the time. It was, well, the price is not that much difference. I could go ahead and beat Ryan. So I'll do that. <laughs> I got you, got you, got you. So the Steam Deck 2, they're hoping, what we know so far is Valve's looking to create better battery life and an improved screen, which yeah. I think are two very interesting things. But Jill, mm -hmm. you spent a lot of time with your Steam Deck, probably more than all of us combined. 
because of all the gaming and other podcasts and gaming and gaming you do for this show. And just, mm-hmm. Jill, you're a gamer. You're like the ultimate yeah. gamer. <laughs> so all the gaming you've done on this, what are some things that you were like, hey, if I could change this, this is what I want to see in a Steam Deck version two. What would some of the changes be? Oh, so yeah, I would like a better screen, a uh, higher resolution screen with better touch su- support and faster response time. It yeah. is pretty good, but sometimes when when you're clicking a, a button on it, it takes it like a, a couple milliseconds for it to react. Right. And um, uh, that is unacceptable. But, <laughs> but it's not valve, horrible. Keep in mind milliseconds. Yeah, M- Michael, can milliseconds. you demonstrate so people have <laughs> reference? Sure. What a millisecond <laughs> is. Sure. At the count of one, it's already happened. Yeah, okay, it's already perfect. happened. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and one of the things I would like is the ability to input using the on-screen keyboard and dialogues that require the keyboard. Because in some games, especially older ones, you have to use a Bluetooth keyboard or a docked one to input passwords, et cetera, during gameplay. Like I, I did what I have, I did have to do that with uh, Trackmania. There is so. a situation I experienced based on that. There's a couple games where you have to put in like the name of your character and all these other things yes. used to use the keyboard, <laughs> and it it works to use the on-screen keyboard. But you're required to go into the menu settings, then go to the bottom, activate the keyboard, then type in the thing that you want. Then Not good screen space. <laughs> yeah. Right, but also then switch to the next thing, but you have to close the keyboard to go back to the game yes, and click on yes, the next right field <laughs> and then go back to the keyboard. Like that sort of thing was very unintuitive. It would just activate when you clicked on the on the field. That would be a much better experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. very true. Well, those are all very good ones there, Jill. What is there anything else you wanted to see added into this device? I you know, honestly, I'm so impressed by it. And for yeah. me, I love the size of the screen. Valve, please don't make that smaller. Yes. <laughs> I agree. The big screen yes. is really important. Yeah. For for me, I want OLED. I need an <laughs> OLED screen. It's time to put an OLED screen in here. Uh the screen is great, it, but it could be better and more crisp. And I think if we saw some OLED technology in there, maybe uh, up the Hertz there, I think you would have an even more beautiful, and, and that's what Nintendo Switch did recently, yeah, right? They didn't exactly. change anything, but they put an OLED screen in, and it definitely improved the Switch, which I would rather have the Steam Deck over the Switch any day of the week. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, improved easy. battery life would be great, so they're already working on that, and for me, it's more power, so things can run the AAA titles um, like butter and even yeah. more fluidly. So I'm thinking Zen 4 APU here, and that would really kick mm-hmm. this thing into high gear and allow it to pretty much play any of the mainstream games in there. So the issue, of course, is all the cooling with that format that they have, and there's a lot of work there. But Zen 4 being put in a Steam Deck, I mean, oh, yeah, be amazing. That's going to be brilliant. And especially since Valve has worked so hard with the hardware manufacturers, AMD, and software manufacturers and developers, even on the Plasma desktop. I mean, they have done an yes. incredible job at just working with everyone. And that's why it's succeeding, because yes. there is communication back and forth for hardware and software. Yep. And then... Last, I would like them to make it more modular. You know, one of the big selling points, and I'm sorry I keep comparing this to Nintendo Switch, but it's just an it's interesting... It's the closest one to compare yeah. to. Yeah, yeah um, it is. But they have the Joy-Con controllers that you can take off the side, and that allows it's you very to nice. play while you're mobile. Say you're sitting in an airport with your kids or other things that you could 
to have two players playing. That's how Nintendo Switch works. So those little controllers slide off and each one becomes its individual controller. Now, obviously you can't play like games like Rocket League or Modern Warfare things with a little tiny controller. You've got to have some... Not with that attitude. It's basic games, (laughs) right? But it allows you to have two players playing at the same time. And I could see a lot of fun. Imagine even at the scale booth, if we had detachable controllers you know, on the sides of that, that we could hand people and they could play a game of, you know, pinball or a Bomberman or something like that yeah. right there against each other. I think that would be something really cool that they could add, allow people to do some multiplayer action. I like the current layout of how it is um, with the the way that the buttons are put in the positions there are and also the touchpads there. If you could swap them out and have different configurations of different styles, that might even be better for people who have who prefer to have a different location of where the joysticks are and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So that would be a very cool um, the modular aspect to it. And I've seen a lot of these advertisings, I mean, maybe it's like YouTube ads or something, of these game controllers that have replaceable switches, like for their sticks. Yes, the and, pro controllers usually. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting because the buttons that usually break for me are not the sticks. So that that's one of the, like, that doesn't seem as appealing to me. But be able to replace the entire attachment would be amazing because you could do so much with that. Of course, you can't break That's a thumb a great stick, idea, Michael. Michael, because your thumbs are so weak. <laughs> oh, I, w- I, f- I feel like I have to explain what this weak yeah. thumb thing is, but I'm not going to. <laughs> So yes. for anybody who wants to know, he is he's just talking nonsense. You have to watch all the other episodes from <laughs> yeah. episode one to now, and you'll understand. I wasn't even, I, we, neither one of us were on episode one. So, <laughs> But still, they should still watch them all. To yeah. Watch how we've progressed. Gotta watch they, them all. You gotta yeah. watch how we've aged. Yeah. The, the other That's, thing for me is- I don't want to do that. I lo- personally love the position of the controllers because it works well, well with my small hands. Yeah. And that's usually, that was always, that was my biggest fear when I got the Steam Deck. It's like, okay, it's going to, the contr- the controllers are going to be too big for my hand because on the regular Steam controller, it is too big for my hands. Yeah. So they nailed it with this one. They, they learned did a, a lot nice from the Steam between. controller. Yeah. The, Steam yeah. control, the Steam controller was a really good controller for certain types of games this yeah. is a good experience for basically any game anything and yeah. that, that's I'm, I'm so happy that they learned from that experience and they seem to do that every time they make a product that doesn't like work right they always make a different iteration in the future Iterate, that improves it on it and it's, yeah. it's fantastic now i wanted to say a couple things um i don't really have that many things as far as issues with the steam deck because i I like it. It plays the games I want to play and it gives me a convenient experience to do so. So I don't really have that much to complain about. So I'll just agree with the battery life thing, the keyboard thing, and the modular thing that y'all said. And then I'll I'll just put my vote on those. Yeah, just an iterative nice. upgrade on an already amazing platform, yeah. really. Valve has nailed it and I appreciate so much all the work, not only they do but all the devs that are working with them and everything else to bring us more gaming and linux like as windows and microsoft continue to go down a hole of more stupidity the fact that linux is has these options in gaming available now like they do is really going to bring a lot more people over into the linux world already have Mm -hmm. frankly brought a lot absolutely the linux world so you know when you dock your steam deck and it becomes a full-blown pc Mm -hmm. at that point You may be going on websites and things where you need your passwords available to you. 
but you don't want to use just a single easy password that anybody can guess because you see breaches happening every single week, practically every single hour at this point with your data. And that's why this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden because you're going to want to install Bitwarden on your Steam Deck as well. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux, that's slash T-U-X. A password manager software allows you peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. Bitwarden provides you tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames for you, and even automatically fill in the passwords on the login form so you don't have to. You can access your data across any type of device, Steam Decks, web browsers, mobile devices, desktop applications, even the command line. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your device, so you know you're the only person with access to your data. So go right now to bitwarden.com slash tux, that's slash T-U-X to get started, and you can get started absolutely free, but you're gonna fall in love with this service like all of us have, and you're gonna wanna get their premium account, which is $10 per year. That's per year, I know that's hard to imagine in this world with inflation and everything, but that's per Crazy. year. You're gonna get a gigabyte encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden, Authenticator, TOTP, Priority customer support, so much more, less than a dollar per month. Come on, folks. You've been hearing us talk about this. I want you to go right now, like right now, open your browser, bitwarden.com slash T-U-X. And thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. Last week, we spoke about the future of the web with Web3. So we thought we would cover some interesting news happening from the Linux Foundation. And they are also thinking about the future as they recently announced the formation of the Open Metaverse Foundation. Ooh, fancy. If this isn't clear enough for what this means, let me clarify. The Open Metaverse Foundation is home to an open, vendor-neutral community dedicated to creating open standards and software to support the open, global, scalable metaverse. That's what it is. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks God. for clearing that up. Man, the whole time I was like, what is this? And now I know. <laughs> yeah, now it's now it's so much easier. Everybody, you got it? Okay, we're going to move on and not even bother trying right. to explain it. <laughs> so... One example of this is the work that is being done in the Open3D Foundation with the Open3D Engine project. And a number of components and libraries as well that they are going to be making sure are open. Uh, having an open source Apache 2.0 reference engine to test and build portable interoperable libraries. Man, it's a lot of buzzwords in here. With 3D Engine helps bring us one step closer to interoperability. Look, at the end of the day, Where's the sc the scalability is there, but what about the cloud? They didn't oh, mention the cloud. Hybrid cloud too. Hybrid <laughs> cloud, <laughs> yes. Cloud stuff yes. in there. Uh, the yeah. meta cloud. <laughs> oh, no. That's probably a thing at some point. <laughs> but you know, let's. This is all interesting, right? But if only someone could define what the metaverse is. And from a bunch of articles that we researched, the simplest explanation is that the metaverse is a range of technologies that can include virtual reality. Not necessarily that it does, but it but can. They can. Right. Yeah. But that have also persistent virtual worlds and or augmented reality that combines aspects of the digital and physical worlds together. So it could be VR, it could be AR, it could be, could uh, be extra nothing. stuff. You know, yeah. It could be it, it, everything. 
Yeah, it could be just games that happen to have their own little universe that you join and talk to other people in. And I, I guess that could also be metaverse. It's not very clear still. Yeah. Well, you've got I some argue that Fortnite, Roblox, World of Warcraft are all examples of metaverse as they are. And if you've played any of those games, you know how addicting they can be and that they've really created their own little worlds in the video games that we play today. They're persistent, they sell goods, they allow you to socialize, interact with others in a unique and different way with avatars. And so therefore that's kind of part of the metaverse. But the metaverse future that companies generally, I think are dreaming about is more of the ready player one world oh, yeah, more than sense. just Fortnite and a place where you could work from a virtual office. We talked about a lot of this last week, shop in a virtual world, go to school in a virtual classroom and more and things like that. Um, I'm excited that when you see these new technology forefronts occurring, there's this fear that Linux will fall behind if we don't have people looking into this technology and understanding it. There's also the fear that if these technologies take off and we don't have open standards, that those open standards will be so late to the game that by the time they become available, so many companies have created their own iterations and special properties and things that the open source world would take forever to catch up because everything's proprietary and we'd have to reverse engineer everything and all that stuff. So I'm right. actually really proud of the Linux Foundation for kind of thinking about this and trying to set up a foundation to say, hey, let's get some standards together. Let's open source some of these engines and libraries and other things so that this technology really does take off like a lot of people were planning. Then we are prepared for it in the open source world. And when you think of something like SQL, SQL, the reason why SQL is standardized across the board is because somebody thought really early on, let's make SQL a standardized and open language because up until that point, all these databases had all their proprietary languages that they were utilizing to query them. And the SQL team was like, hey, let's let Oracle and everybody basically use this open standard of SQL, which we see propagating through to this day. There are different versions, oh, yeah. slight variations of SQL, but for the most part, you learn SQL, you can use Microsoft SQL, you can do MySQL, you can do Teradata, you can do all these other iterations. So that is one of the cool things about having a foundation set up early on so that we don't end up with all these proprietary things. But at the same time, now that I've said that, like we mentioned last week, I, I don't know, this technology seems like it's on hold or at least a pause or slowed down for right now, but maybe that's the best time for open source. For sure. We covered this topic in Hardware Addicts where we talked about AR and VR and yeah. the future and what the current state is and that sort of thing. And it's really interesting that you mentioned that they're trying to be on the early stages of it and how important it is for open source uh, projects to be there and how historically we're usually far behind trying to catch up in most cases. So I think it's great that they're putting in this effort as well. And I'm happy to see the Linux Foundation is, is thinking ahead in that sense. I also do want to have a little bit of a critique of calling it the Open Metaverse Foundation because that just sounds like you're promoting Facebook because they made the Metaverse. <laughs> and that's you could have picked another name. It's not like that means anything, right? So I hope that that term changes. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be very easy if you have a foundation named after it, but... Too late. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can remove it away from... Take it away from Facebook a little bit uh, there. Oh, we own the open source standards there, but Facebook, and one of the things I'll say, they do a lot for open source. They do they a lot do. of open source stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah, as much as I dislike their privacy and the things they do that are... Um, 
not great for the world. Uh, the one of the things they do do well is uh, contribute to open source quite heavily. So they do contribute to a lot of good open source projects. They also were heavy contributors to Butterfast for a long time. So like, there's a lot of good work that they have done, and also not so much. Yes. In our opinion, <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, uh, yeah, just our opinion. Yes. Yeah. And Jill, you know, speaking of the metaverse, when I was looking at games this <laughs> week. I feel like <laughs> I found the perfect game that I would want to play in the metaverse. This mm-hmm. is true, Ryan, but you gave me a game to review that is $99.99. I don't I'm, I'm not going to buy that. What? <laughs> so, so we will talk about that in a bit. <laughs> so this game, did you enjoy the the find Waldo puzzles of the past? Yeah, not for a hundred dollars. I didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you can take your Waldo finding skills to the next level in this wonderful game called Hidden Post Apocalyptic Four Top Down 3D. Talk wow. about fitting all the buzzwords. I know. Into your and title. the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're paying game. you're paying uh, like ten dollars per word. <laughs> yes. So this game is simple. Find the objects that are hidden on the map. For ninety nine uh, bucks. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 price isn't that simple. So <laughs> to, to win in this post apocalyptic world, you need to find twenty objects chosen at random, and so each time you play, we'll have have a new 20 objects to find. It's simple, but a fun way to relax and get some game time in if you you don't mind going over your budget. I do mind. Ryan, did you did you think it said $9.99 when you put it in here? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw how simple this game is, and, and I thought, okay, this is just a cute little game we'll have some fun with. I never saw the $99.99. I never looked yeah. at the price because who would think this is yeah. over a dollar? Exactly. Like who would imagine that a game where you're just picking static random objects <laughs> would cost more than 99 cents. Like it never crossed my mind to be like, make sure it doesn't cost a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the The best part about it is uh, we, I, I searched based on what uh, Jill talked about. She said she was like, it's super expensive. Like what? So I searched and found there's like three different games at all different prices. Yeah. And, the, and they all look very similar and then they're only come out like a year from each other. <laughs> It's very, it's a, it's a, this it's, developer's been working hard to pump out this incredible IP. You know, it, it feels a little sketchy, but uh, it's, it's interesting at least that, you know, I wonder how many times they've sold this. <laughs> out did of curiosity. they mean yeah. to put $9.99? Yes, because they did. No, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> 100% no. Now, that's a good question, and you should by default assume that it was just a typo. But I looked in, they have other games that they made that are also $99, or one was $199. So I'm pretty sure. Ultimate flex. You know how, like, um, people buy these name brand purses and things like uh, Louis Vuitton? And it's like. (laughs) Louis Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Bang, 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 Louis Vuitton. (laughs) Like if you got a Louis Vuitton purse, you know, you spent like a thousand dollars on this thing or, or more maybe, who knows? But this is a way to flex in the gaming community to be like, I have a $99 find Waldo game. Like I clearly have money to waste. Yeah. This now, is how you showboat your money. For those yeah. who are curious, we'll have links to these in the, sh- in the show notes for you can look at what we're talking yeah. about because this is kind of funny, but there's also a bundle that yeah. we found 
that is eight dollars. <laughs> You get all. You get this game, the top, the post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic four top-down top down 3D. Whatever you get this for, uh, and two other games for eight dollars, which is a ninety-eight percent discount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't, but, I don't know what's going on there, but it's, but Michael, it's, I'm looking at option. the text of their other mega top-down bundle because they have multiple bundles. And this one's regular pl- price is $1,220 <laughs> for 13 games. Uh, but you can get it on sale for 91% off or $104. What a deal. The, I mean, you're saving <laughs> so much money. And the ability to flex on your friends, like, I have $1,200 worth of games that I just bought. There's you don't only have to tell them you got 13. it for 104 bucks, you know? Yeah, you don't have to. It kind of reminds me of like the iPhone thing earlier when they first started doing the the App Store, where people would make this like app that was completely ridiculous, that was a hundred percent worthless. It was just like a red light or something, and it was like a thousand dollars, and people actually bought it or something. Like what? Yeah, yeah, it's the and ultimate it, oh, gamer flex. I remember it's it was called I Am Rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really what they should just name this. Just name it like, hey, I want I'm rich. And yep. I have nothing about it because it has 11 reviews, which makes me wonder, did 11 people really spend the $99 or were they smart enough and listened to this show and just bought the $8 bundle and still disappointed in the game, but got the right. $8 there bundle and still disappointed. $99 and 99 cents. We're not making this up, folks. So this <laughs> is a game that normally we talk about games we like or Jill plays and it says, are okay, in this case, I would say avoid this at all costs, in my opinion. Uh, All 99 costs of that. <laughs> pricing is ridiculous, but we yeah. still like to share the silliness with you. And for there, those so. who are listening to the audio version would like proof, there are screenshots in the video edition of this show that yeah. shows you what we're talking about as we're talking about it, because <laughs> this is so ridiculous that I had to go back and get extra screenshots just to show that we're not kidding. This is totally yeah. a thing. Yes. <laughs> All right, our software spotlight is a little bit better value than this, as in you can get it for free, and that <laughs> is Better Bird. A better little bird. bit better value. Yeah, better yes. value, better bird. If you're one of those who better love- ingredients, better flat pack. I like that. That's good. <laughs> I feel like you stole that from a pizza place, but we won't go. There. No, 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 no. Let's let's not let's not address that part. <laughs> yeah. If you're one of those who love Thunderbird but get annoyed by some of its bugs or lack of features, then check out. Better bird, you could be you get, the, you get that bundle. You're better than all your other friends because you spent ninety nine dollars <laughs> on a game, and you get better bird, and you got a better version of Thunderbird. It's a soft fork of Thunderbird, and they even make all their updates and improvements available upstream, so Thunderbird dev team can benefit from them. And they claim Thunderbird has already taken some of these and and worked them into Thunderbird. So I like that. I love that they're making all their updates and stuff freely available and upstream to Thunderbird. So they're not just forking a project and doing their own thing, yeah. uh, but they're helping Thunderbird as well. And some of That's the reasons awesome. they mentioned on their site that they had to do this is because some of these complaints, the things they fixed, have been on the list for Thunderbird to fix for years. Years. And go unaddressed. So they're like, hey, we'll fix them, then we'll upstream them to you, and you can put it in if you want. Actually, but you know, at this point, it's decades in. now. Really? There's a, there was a couple. There was a couple that I saw that were they fixed. That was like 2003, so yeah. two decades. There's, it's uh, problematic. 
But that Thunderbird has a lot, is, is a fantastic email client. Yeah. This yeah. having these things fixed suggests that it is better than Thunderbird. It's I haven't a tried. Bird. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's what they're saying. I haven't tried it, but it's very intriguing. So I might give it a shot, especially since it has a flat pack and I can just you know easily get get it started and go. Yeah. Uh, so the things they fixed is multi-line view, like in uh, Outlook or Postbox, uh, complex search term support. Quick filter, untagged messages, global search, and encrypted messages. Really good. Uh, system tr- Linux system Linux tray support. System tray. Yay. Very good. And works well with more than 500 folders. So for those who have a lot of folders in organization, nice. that's really nice to see. So this is really cool that they're putting in this effort because I do think that we need a better email client because the most common email client people are typically using is a webmail thing. And that's not the best option because you're so limited in what you can do. And Thunderbird is good, but there's so many times where I'm like, you could just add this extra feature and it would be much better. So yeah. I'm glad to see that there is this kind of work being done to help improve Thunderbird in a you know secondary, like third-party type of style. We should call soft forks sporks in the Linux world. It should just be a spork. So, okay. <laughs> First of all, I hate it and I love it. So yes. let's do it. Yes. <laughs> oh, so but it's we don't a want, sport. We, we don't we don't want to have the reference of uh, Taco Bell involved. Well, because they give you sporks, but sporks yeah. <laughs> that's because Taco Bell's genius because yeah, they, they understand is superior the value to any other yeah, uh, I, eating I wear. Like myself. sporks are amazing. <laughs> why well, why is sporks not taken off more? You, you go to a fine dining restaurant and they have like multiple forks, multiple spoons. Yeah. They could yeah. just solve it with one spork. Spork. Why? You know? You know, yeah. we argue about cupcakes and muffins and other things, but we're all in agreement. All in agreement with sporks. Is the ultimate <laughs> utensil. Yeah. I love it. It is the best. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what is also the best, Michael? I, I, this is such a ridiculous uh, thing. Oh, this is this the tip of the week. Gonna go in the toilet now. Um, that that, that is a good point, uh, Jill. I think it just might because Ryan decided to make tip of the week this week. <laughs> An application called Toilet. Y- yes, you should always have a toilet nearby. That's true. That's but, good advice. It is. It's, you should but live toilet, by toilet. Toilet is also fun in the terminal. This tool lets you play with text and ASCII art. And you might be wondering, what's the purpose of this? Why would I use something like this? Well, I have an answer for you that Ryan told me because I asked that same question. To make a cool terminal application logo or to create amazing scripts that blow people's minds when they're running them with colors, effects, and all sorts of cool stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, And after installing a toilet... Don't forget the wax ring, as Ryan was clearly wanted me to say. <laughs> just, just type toilet tack F S M block tux digital rules, and you'll see what, what you'll get, as well as many other things you can do with creating with toilet, such as tack tack filter metal tux digital rules, or this is just the tip of the iceberg because you can do so many things and have so many different switches so and styles. Many. It's endless. It's a it's, toilet. What can't you do with you're, the toilet? You're going to notice that your time is just going to swirl down the toilet over and over. <laughs> if you're sitting on the toilet, you could use toilet on your laptop to create your logo for your business, whatever you want. Michael, can you please read with excitement the closing sentence I have there? 
This is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to switches and textiles that you can play with. Go ahead and give your toilet a try. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my goodness. This is... Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. At the beginning, I go, is this show going to go in the toilet? I had to say that. It was perfect, Jill. It was perfect. This show... Uh. There's so much <laughs> educational benefit to be. This, epi- yeah. this episode has has uh, provided educational benefits, entertaining yes. benefits, and also good <laughs> deals on random games that no one should buy. <laughs> yeah, Bill says I managed to sign in at the worst time every time. <laughs> yeah, the patrons who are just joining us are probably like, why are they talking about toilets on Destination Linux? That's because we cover all uh, the bases here. We want yeah. you... You know, Wait, whether this you're is a working show for anyone, regardless of your experience level. <laughs> whether you're we say toilet, that at the beginning of the pork, show. you have weak thumbs, you're all invited. Yes. Uh, everyone, everyone's invited to Destination Linux. <laughs> if you want to have a lot of good laughs and a lot of fun and hang out with this goofy crew here, you need to come to scale. Woo-hoo. So if you want to come to scale, it's going to take place on March 9th through the 12th at the Pasadena Convention Center in Pasadena, California. Come hang out for the best time of your life. We we guarantee that. Guaranteed best time. Guaranteed. Any other time you can imagine will not be as good yep. as that time. And in addition to it being the best time of your life, you can get it half off. It'll be 50% off the best time of your life by get, using the code TUX when you register for scale. So something else amazing happened, Michael. We got a tweet out from the SoCalLinuxExpo.org, and they said this, we have received a generous donation from an anonymous Tux Digital Destination Linux podcast listener to cover a small batch of tickets for students and those who have recently lost their jobs. If finances are tough and you need help with your Scale20x ticket, DM or email info at SoCalLinuxExpo.org. So Bravo. That's awesome. Whoever is, did that in this community, obviously, I know you didn't want the publicity and things to go along with that, but thank you so much for doing yeah, it for people and also doing it in the name of this network here. That means so much to us. And oh, yeah, it's That's just amazing. amazing. We love all of you. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. So, a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. Spreading the word helps the show grow helps us grow this amazing community that we have here. However you do it, we love your faces. Join us in Discord at tuxdigital.com slash Discord. And if you want to watch this show live, become a patron. And you can head to our webpage, tuxdigital.com, figure out how to become a patron of this show. And guess what? You get all the patron perks across the network. But one of the coolest ones is you can come watch this show get created live. And believe me, if you think the comments and discussion are ridiculous and have you going on the floor... (laughs) in the show that actually gets published. Wait till you see what doesn't make it into the show. It's worth it. There's even more ridiculousness in the unedited versions of the show. And that you can get access to those. If you're not able to watch live, that's okay. If you become a patron, you can get access to the unedited versions and still get to enjoy all of the craziness that happens, whether you're here for live show or not. Plus, also, you could, if you are here for the live show, you can join us in the patron-only post-show that we do every time after recording the show. And you can do that by going to tuxdigital.com slash contribute to sign up. 
And if you would like to support the network in other ways, you can get some cool swag by going to the Tux Digital store at tuxdigital.com store. We have some awesome cool stuff. We have coasters, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, stickers, and just the list goes on and on. Woo! So, so pick up some... So pick up some awesome swag at tuxdigital.com slash store. And make sure to check out our incredibly amazing shows here on Tux Digital. We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and Linux Saloon. And everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all these wonderful shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source to keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Jill. <laughs> I'm Michael. And that's a completely out of context outtake. And everybody have a great week. No, a fantastic week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thank you, Ryan. Aw, we love you all. You're welcome, Even Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>